Welcome to Extra Vision with me, Andy McCarl. And on today's show, we will be reviewing Creed 3 as well and looking back on the Rocky and Creed series as a whole. And it is my honor, my pleasure, my privilege to step into the ring with my guest today, movie critic and self-proclaimed Count of Monte Fisto, Chris the Rider Wasser. Chris, oh, how the hell are you? I'm very well. I'm actually delighted with that intro. I didn't know what you were going to say. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth in a few nicknames there before landing on that one. Before we start, where do you sit with the, the Creed series as a whole? Oh, I've loved them so far, uh, up until Creed 3, which we'll get into. Um, but that first one surprised the hell out of me, man. Um, I really thought Rocky Balboa was this dignified, charming conclusion to the saga and that there was nowhere else to go. And I love the fact that, you know, maybe sitting in a film theater or sitting at home watching it, you had Brian Coogler going, I have an idea. And I laughed about it at first. I remember seeing that trailer for the first Creed film and thinking, where is this really going to work? I had no idea that they could reposition and revitalize the, 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 the saga in that way and just find something new and something fresh and something exciting to, to, to show us after, after decades with these characters. It's just, it's been brilliant so far, brilliantly scripted, brilliantly performed uh, uh, in terms of the fight sequences, uh, uh, amazingly choreographed too. Yeah, I've had a blast with it so far. Yeah, I was fairly surprised because that whole thing is like, my name's not Johnson, what is it? And then Creed on the thing. Like, uh, like it could have been a lot worse <laughs> yeah. than it was. But look at back, like it's, there's nine films in the series. I'd argue there's one you could say is a bad film. The rest are very watchable. Like for a nine film series, that's not a bad punch on average. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I presume the bad film we're talking about is Rocky Five, which every now and then I seem to forget about I, f I seem to forget every now and then that Rocky Five is a bad film and I go back to it and I think, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to give Tommy another chance here. I'm going to give Rocky another chance here. Can oh, no, it's terrible. It's, de it's definitely terrible. And Rocky Three and Rocky Four, they are quite wobbly too, but there are some good elements in it. You know, I can't write off Rocky Three completely because, you know, that was the kind of beginning of Rocky and Apollo's friendship. And I can't write off Rocky Four either because that was the beginning of the Drago thing. So there are good elements in there. And, and it's the best film in the series, but we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, there's we'll there's going to be rows later. Yeah. But you're, so, but you're absolutely right. You shouldn't at this stage be nine installments into a saga and be in such good health i mean that is practically unheard of especially and again we'll, we'll get into it so like from where it started to where it ended up now it's you know it's, it's gone through a few iterations the yeah. latest of which is creed 3 um i wasn't as mad on it as you were i i think as you know the, a rocky film without rocky essentially it was always gonna suffer from stallone's absence i, I really felt like it did and the weird thing is that the two things for me you need to get right in a, in a Rocky movie or a Creed movie is the montage and the fights. Yeah. And it didn't get that right. It's like saying, but, but the thing with it is, it, is a, it isn't a bad film. Like a lot of the stuff other than that, it's great. And it's a weird thing to say. It's like saying, oh, it's a really good James Bond film. Apart from the cars, the gadgets, the girls and the spy stuff, it's really good. <laughs> like if this had been called anything else, I think I would have got on with it a bit better. But I just think those two elements... And nothing kind of summed it up more. The fact that when he's dragging the plane and you're like, you're clearly trying to do the montage from four, but there's no, like you have all this other equipment available to you. So you wouldn't be doing that. So I just felt it was a bit of a, a mismatch. What about yourself? Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit, a bit more, but I did have some problems with it. And and the problems were, were, were mainly in the second half because in that first half, you know, you have that slow setup with uh, Donnie struggling to adjust to retirement. Uh, you know, his relationship with Bianca, played by Tessie Thompson, Tessa Thompson, excuse me, has started to strain too because he's not, you know, talking about how he feels about the fact that he doesn't have boxing in his life anymore. And then out of the blue, as the Rocky films are famous for doing, they just introduce this character that apparently has been in the background for ages, but no one mentioned. The introduction of Jonathan Major's Dame 
you know, as a sort of figure to entice Donny back out of, uh, you know, retirement. You know, the, the, this is the guy that he's going to have to fight. This is the guy that he's going to have to put manners on. I thought that was all very well done. And part of that wasn't so much to do with the writing, which is a little bit flat at times, but the performances. I mean, it takes an awful lot to kind of, you know, act Michael B. Jordan off the screen because he's been sensational in his career so far. And he's also brought, you know, depth and intensity to, you know, uh, even blockbuster characters, even superhero characters that, that, that he's played. But he's been so good as Creed. Jonathan Majors, he just stole the show from himself and from Tessa Thompson. I thought he was just superb as this, you know, tortured, uh, you know, angry, uh, riddled with anxiety, you know, could have been, should have been, would have been the contender if he hadn't spent most of his life in prison. I thought he was very good as that character. And he's been very good at playing, you know, uh, I mean, he first caught my attention in the last uh, Black Man in San Francisco. And to th- and when I first heard that he was going to move into Ant-Man, that he was going to move into the Creed films, I thought, oh, I wish he would stick to making those interesting independent films. But he's brought, you know, the, the quality of those performances into the into these franchises and he's excellent here i think where it starts to lose the run of itself is in the second half when it stops trying to surprise us because it just all of a sudden realizes it's like it wakes up and says oh yeah we're a rocky film so there's a four minutes of the rocky films and we have to adhere to that and that's a shame because it's like oh here's the here's the training montage here's the match that doesn't really make any sense the title fight that doesn't really make any sense um there's that airplane you're, you're absolutely right it's just a little bit ridiculous and then the fight andy I mean, here was a chance for Michael B. Jordan directing as well to do something new. And I I understand that maybe he was looking at Ryan Coogler and the way he directed the fight sequences in the first Creed. And do you remember how it was all from Creed's perspective? And, you know, you were kind of you you were in that fight with him and it was brilliantly done. Michael B. Jordan has decided to take this analogy, take this idea that himself and Dame have sort of, you know, been not maybe maybe in their own prison cells maybe sharing a prison cells and he's gone so heavy on the visuals cartoonish visuals uh you know heavy on the symbolism it's it's a bit of a mess uh and I think it doesn't made... look right at all no, and the, the, no. the fact that the whole stadium is cgi anyway yeah. i think it, you kind of can see the lines all the more when it starts you know the, the cage coming up and it's doing that you know the slow motion Sherlock Holmes fights from like 15 years ago where you're like this we've seen this this has kind of run its course and just as well because I, I obviously I'm a, I'm a massive boxing fan and you know the, the Rocky movies were never too strict with the rules of boxing shall we say like th- that first round like oh my god Creed is getting demolished you know how is he gonna get out? I was like pretty sure he won that round like it seems like the commentary was done and then they decided to change the fight to not reflect what it was I would kind of disagree with you on Jonathan Majors as well I loved him at the start. He was fantastic. He's just that when he's leaning on the car and they're going for dinner. There's just that thing about him where it's just simmering underneath. It's just reminding me kind of you know like Tom Hardy and Bronson. We're just yeah. like I can't or Begbie from Trainsport. You're just like I can't relax around this lad. He could do anything at any moment. And kind of the more that goes on, the more we get to spend time with him. It kind of fades away. And the kind of joke I made with you, he looks like someone who's fairly muscled up, but also would complain if the leaf in his latte wasn't, you know, 100% accurate. It, the, the menace just seems to go. By the time the last fight comes along, it's like, I have no doubt Creed's going to win here. It just feels like all that menace, all that terror, like it's just been kind of stripped away from him as well. So I, I like the start, but I think Major's a fantastic actor. But I just think by the time we got there, he's not this, you know, like we had with Clubber Lang going in or with Drago. You're like, this is a fight he could lose. But by the time we get to here, it's like, yeah, no, no, I, I, this, I'd be putting my money on Creed here. Yeah, sure. No, I see where you're coming from. Um, but the, the, the thing, and, and actually, 
this is a weird thing to say for a Rocky film, but the boxing sometimes gets in the way of a good time in Creed because there's a fantastic drama here. And you're, you're absolutely right, actually. The scene where uh, Donnie and Dame are reunited outside the gym and he's leaning on the car and he doesn't recognize them. They then go for quite a, a tense uh, uh, um, and then ultimately moving lunch together. Uh, he has him over to the house. Uh, he attends a, a, an album lunch, I think, with, one that, with an artist that Bianca is moving with. I'm listing scenes here, but the reason I'm doing that is because these are all the best scenes of Jonathan Majors and none of them involve sparring they don't involve anything inside the ring they don't involve any fights whatsoever but you can see dame start to kind of warm his way into his life and the things that you know and and the fact that this character is jealous of all of these things that his old friend has and you can see he's kind of coming up with a plan to take all of that from him and then to then suddenly just go okay well let's let's just have him in the ring with the former heavyweight champion that's that's that doesn't make any sense. This guy has never fought in a fight in, a, in, in an amateur or a professional fight before. Well, not since he was a teenager, but that, that doesn't really make any sense. So there was a great drama here. And I think sometimes the boxing suffocated that a little bit. It was, it's kind of when you get that kind of the mustache twirling, ha it was me yeah. all along. <laughs> it's like, okay, because there is an interesting angle in it where you look and go, Dame is kind of in the right here. Like he's he's right to be pissed off. Like yeah. Creed gives a fairly, I know we, we have the, the kind of the subplot with the letters being kept from him. But Creed never goes to visit him. Like, this whole thing could have been resolved had he visited his friend in jail. Like, he essentially cuts him off straight away. So there's the angle there where you could have went, like, Dame is kind of right. We had, like, you know, the, the Michael B. Jordan thing with Black Panther, with the Killmonger was the right <laughs> thing. You, you could have had that element to it. I will correct you on one thing, though, with the uh, the fight. Actually, a couple of years ago in the UFC, there was uh, an instance where there was a, a fight dropped, a, a title fight the week of, and they found a guy working in Starbucks that had, you know, beating the champion as an amateur wrestler, and he got a title shot. Now, granted, he got absolutely demolished in the first round, but still, yeah. there is there, there is a precedent. The boxing is, you know, this weird pantheon of theater as well. Oh yeah, and, yeah. I think I would have liked for them to explain it a little bit more. You know, the way in the first Rocky mm-hmm. film, you have them literally going through the books and they're looking for fighters, and you know, it's that's the whole thing that if you know, if, if nobody fights, nobody gets paid, and they go out of and and Creed kind of goes out of his way to 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 um craft this story. You know, the the champion takes on the mm-hmm. underdog, and this is what America's all about. There's none of that in Creed. It's just like, can I have a title shot? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like they kind of allude to the, the Rocky element of it, but I think they don't want to piss off Sylvester Sloan too much by having him yeah. too far in it. Uh, one thing just to, on the, the boxing scenes, the the guy Dame fights, is he's a real-life fighter, uh, Jose Benavides Jr. He mm-hmm. is the 147-pound contender. He is 60 pounds under the weight limit for heavyweight and looks every bit of it. That he, he just looked comically out of place. Just make them middleweights, you know, like the, the likes of McGregor and Mayweather. They fight around like 147 around weight. And Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Mays, although he is fairly mostly, they're not big guys. Just have them change the weight class. And even Major saying, Oh, he's not even going to make the weight. There's no limit to heavyweight majors. Just, just you have a million <laughs> boxing consultants on this film. Somebody needs to just step in and go, Yeah, there's, there's no limit there, mate. Yeah. Would it have really cost that much as well to just hire, you know, a couple of thousand extra? Well, I know actually it would have cost a lot, an awful lot. But I would like to have seen something other than a CG audience in those boxing fights. But like, just you know, do you what, mentioned... what yeah. uh, Creed, like Stallone, um, they shot the fight um, uh, halfway between. So I think Rocky Balboa, they shot during the, the, the Tarver or the, the Tarver Jones fight. He literally just came out at the uh, just before the main event and said, look, we're shooting a Rocky field. Anyone wants to be an extra, really appreciate if you stuck around after the main yeah. event, we're going to shoot a bit. And they've done that as well, I think, with, with Creed, with Goodison Park. There was, was a Tony Bellew who actually 
ended up playing a uh, uh, yes. Ricky Condon in the film. In his fights, they kind of piggybacked off the back of that. Again, something like that you could have done. Just jump into a crowd. Like you walked out to a crowd and said, "You want to be an extra in a creative?" I was like, "Absolutely!" Like Absolutely. this weekend, we saw the the Jake Gyllenhaal at the UFC. Everyone like stayed or everyone was cheering that. If you tell them, you know, the character's name is this, chant that. Everyone's a couple of drinks in. Who's not going to want to be part of a Rocky film? So you can sit there and watch and go, "Oh yeah, there, there's me and you know, seventeen rows from the front." Yeah, no, that would have been that would have been much better than what we got. I don't know why I didn't. It, I noticed it certainly in the first two Creed films, but it bugged me an awful lot more this time. And maybe that's because there were cracks elsewhere. And you know what I, I, I might say, which which I feel like we've been building up to it. You missed Stallone because he's involved here as a producer. Of course he is. You know, this is his baby still. But I kept thinking, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are scenes in this film where Stallone's character, if he is, if Stallone's character, Rocky, <laughs> if Rocky is still alive in this world, that was another question I had, uh, because we kind of moved forward a few years since the last one. That, that's another big thing we'll part for now. Why, wh- where's, where's he gone? There are scenes in this film that he would definitely show up for if he was alive. And I missed the chemistry, the spark, the, 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 the wish between Jordan and Stallone, because going into that first Creed film, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I just don't know if I want a film about Rocky mentoring, you know, his former rival turned friend's son. I just don't think that's, oh, wow, the chemistry between them. Mm. Straight away, I just changed my mind and thought, these guys are brilliant together. I missed them. Yeah, and the thing with that as well, there seems to be a lot, like we were talking about the last fight, the last fight goes from round one, two, and then it's the last round. And there's scenes in the trailer, there's a scene where, where Creed speaks about uh, he's at a press conference and he's talking about Rocky. That's not in the film. There's a scene where it looks like he's in jail with Jonathan Majors, with Dame, and they're all chanting for him. That's not in it as well. So there does seem to be like there was subplus, there was mentions that, that they took out, and I think that really, really comes across in the film. Yeah. One thing to touch on, the end of the film kind of hints that we're going to take the series into a kind of a female-led side of things. I think that is a fantastic idea. Like, usually it's like, oh, we're gender shopping for the sake of gender shopping. But I think to have like, you know, you know, a Katie Taylor, you know, Ronda Rousey or Amanda Serrano, whoever you want to, you're going to and that, like, to have that, like we haven't had like a great, like with aside from Million Dollar Baby, which was, you know, not something you want to aspire to be by the end of that film. But I think kind of a female Rocky series, that could be something really, really good. Yeah, I mean, again, this is this is one of the uh, the the things that I, I was talking about when I said like there's a there, there's a good drama here. The the stuff between uh you know Bianca and Donnie and 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 their daughter Amara, uh that 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 is quite lovely. And this idea as well that she's been quietly you know watching her father and kind of you know developing this interest in boxing. And then towards the end, you kind of see Donnie realize that this might be what she wants to do. And then the viewer is thinking, well, this might be where the saga is heading. If they're going to do that, fair enough. But I just think that with Creed 3 you could see the magic start to slip a little bit you could see that you know Jordan and everyone involved they were just pushing their look you know ever so slightly and the film is never boring and it does what it needs to do for a Rocky for a Creed film but I just I think it's time to take a break again uh, and who knows, maybe in a few years, because we will require some, you know, flash forward in order to kind of, you know, follow if that's where they're going to go. If we're going to, you know, I said I wasn't going to spoil anything. They were, they were totally spoiling. Yeah, I've been spoiling everything. <laughs> if we're, if we're going to follow a boxing, you know, fighting career for Amara, great. But maybe give it a rest for a few years. Yeah, I don't, that's why I don't think it necessarily needs to follow her story. I just, yeah. I, I thought this could also be a way to bring Stallone back. I know he, he posted a couple of years ago his treatment for i think was the, the the rocky series as opposed to the creed series where he was yeah. um he had i think it was a fighter from mexico it was like a, an immigrant who was crossing the border tried to cross the border and couldn't 
and he ends up going to Mexico and, and training him then and trying to, to get him a fight in the States. You could do that with a, with a female character as well. I, I just think now with women's boxing being on such a rise, and obviously we're a couple of years away from the, the, the Ronda Rousey phenomenon, but I think now could be a good time you'd get a, a, a big wave of support. I think now is, you know, if you're, if you're going to ride the crest of a wave on something popular, now is the time to do it for women's boxing. Didn't Stallone as well have, and I, and I, and I totally agree, by the way, but did, didn't Stallone, to go back to, to the Rocky series that he was developing, have an idea for following Rocky in his days working as a bit of a bruiser in Philadelphia before he gets his chance? It was going to be just like a prequel that kind of extends those opening 20 minutes of the first Rocky series, or am I completely imagining that? No, it was a, a, I, don't it was a uh, I think it's still actually going ahead, well, it's still in development. It was like a 10-episode series on Amazon. And what was it? He said something mad. Like, yeah, the first couple of seasons will really help to build up the, the character and the mythology of the kind of the lesser known characters. And you're like, no, no, I don't need multiple seasons of a Rocky prequel. Like I had, <laughs> you know, with a 30 minute subplot in the first film, which I thought, OK, this is a bit too much already. I don't need 30 episodes of that as well. Because, again, I think that's a character that only gets interesting once the defining moment in his life happens. Otherwise, the, the whole point of it is life is mundane and been, you know, Nothing much to talk about until then. Thirty episodes, you know, which is longer than if you put all the films together. Showing that element of it, no, not for me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You stick with it during the you know first quarter of that film because it's it's going somewhere. But you don't need I don't need you know thirty hours of 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 Rocky running around doing all of these you know kind of you know uh, what was it you know collecting debts for this guy. No, I don't need that. I don't need that. Just, 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 just leave it alone. I think just, just park it for, for, for a while and you can come back to it. Ryan Coogler has shown that, you know, if you, if you give things enough time and if you give you know, you, you, you can come back into it with a fresh insight, you know, but it's just this, it's this danger now that the Creed saga might kind of fall into the same trap that the Rocky films did. You know, there was demand there. The box office figures were good. Let's just keep going and going until we run it into the ground. Let's not. Yeah, I think you only need to look at his other series, the Rambos, where they ended up. You know, I'd hate to see that for the Rocky series, a series yeah. that has been so consistent up until now. Speaking of the first Rocky, we'll go back and have a look through a, a couple of the other films in the series. 47 years old, this film is now. And let's see, Chris, I'll give you now a Rocky quiz now. Okay. Can you tell me Rocky's real name? Yeah, it's uh, Robert's... Uh, Robert's... Uh, oh, I hate you for this. Um... I'm not going to look it up. Robert something L. Put me out of my misery. Robert Balboa. You are perfectly right. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Uh, okay. Uh, I thought there was a middle name in there. Because, yeah. uh, with, uh, Robert Rocky Balboa. Robert Rocky Balboa. Okay. Right. Grand. I got the first question. I feel the like those highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. Which you, oh. I just look at the list here. The second is a film called To Fly, which I've never heard of. A Star is Born, the original. King Kong, the, the god awful Jeff Bridges thing. Yeah. Silver Streak, All the President's Men, The Omen, and The Enforcer, which is the first sequel we get. Well, King Kong, I suppose, is a remake. You just wouldn't have a film like that. Now, you wouldn't have like the top 10 films at all, with the exception of one being an original anymore, which is you know, going, harkening back to simpler times. Yeah, you just wouldn't have that anymore. You certainly wouldn't have uh, the, high, the highest coasting film of 2023 is not going to be a film by a writer nobody has never taken a chance on before that features a leading man that, you know, up until then has only been a supporting character that was always, you know, kind of criticized for apparently, you know, his lack of acting ability. That's not going to happen. And, you know, also an original drama about a boxer 
that's it you, you just don't like what i can't what was the last original drama we had about it was it maybe southpaw southpaw uh yeah, yeah which didn't which which wasn't that great in the end i remember thinking that was going to be magic but no it just took everyone by surprise and it usually pops up in those lists as well of films that didn't deserve to win Best Picture at the Oscar, especially when you look at the films that it was up against. I think All the President's Men was one of them. And I think sometimes that that's a little bit cruel because we've argued about this before that Rocky, I think, is about as perfect a film as you can get. I think it is just a wonderful story that, you know, it's one of those boxing films that it's not it's not a great boxing film it's just a great film that also happens to include boxing uh there was wonderful characterization in there the stallone's writing has never been better i think it was a film of its time and stallone has said you know he's admitted in the years since and after all of these sequels that sometimes the sequels were trying to keep up with the times but rocky was a film of its time and he knew exactly what it was like to be this guy who was told that he couldn't do something all the time. And he knew exactly what it was like to be an underdog. And he put his own, you know, blood, sweat and tears and his own experience into that story. And everything else afterwards was just a bonus. It was just an add on. It was an afterthought, but everything just came together there. Uh, the performances, uh, the scene, the, the boxing, yeah, look, you watch the boxing scenes now and you think what's going on and why are we hearing those? I think they, um, didn't they uh, uh, slap uh, pieces of wood or something for, for, for the uh, watermelons. For the, what? So, so, yeah. Sorry. I've got it all wrong there yeah they, it sounds and looks a little bit iffy now but the drama really holds it together although we have argued before you found it a little bit slow didn't you i i'll tell you lot, i watched it again last night and i i just quite got completely swept away and i think because i watched it like you said it's a love story that has boxing in it it's not a boxing film as, as yeah. the rest of them are I, I did. I owe you an apology. I got absolutely swept up in this again. And and by the time the montage hits at the end, like I was literally on my feet and pacing the, the, the sitting room watching it again. I'd forgotten just how good of a drama that film is. Yeah. Talia Shire is absolutely incredible in this. Burch Young, he's just, he's he turns into a kind of more comical character as we go on. He is a bit of a, a down and out evil bastard in this. Like he's essentially yeah. pimping his sister out so he can get a job as a leg breaker for the mafia. It it absolutely holds up. Like we said, they're forty seven years old. Full like there's I know we're saying about the the spin like there's characters in that that like you can you have their own story with everything, and you really see the kind of the development of of Talia Sharp. Adrian's because she becomes kind of a, a bit moany, shall we say, later on in a few of them. But she's really really good. And there's that wonderful moment where where Stallone's talking to Polly, and Polly's like, well, "What is he, what, what do you do with her? Like, what what are you interested in this like you know mousy little pet shop worker?" And he's like. Oh, she fills gaps. She goes, I've got gaps. She's got gaps. And together, you know, th there's no gaps. And I just thought that is just a, a lovely bit of writing. And you really hit the nail on the head there. Where you said Stallone doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. I know he was nominated for an Oscar for this. And the real underdog thing, like it's kind of the, the famous story. He had $100 in his bank account. He had to sell his dog, mm. who, who actually he bought back. It is in the film. It's actually book kiss in the film. Book kiss, yeah. <laughs> Like to have 100 quid in the bank, to have no prospects and to be offered 300,000 to be told here, give us the script. And it was, was it Ryan O'Neill, James Caan, Robert Redford were kind of not knocking about to be to doing that. And for him to say, no, I'm not doing this unless I'm starring in it because he knew no one is going to write a part like this for me, except for me. And and to have the word, like to be handed a check for 300 grand when you've got a hundred quid, you haven't got any prospects. And to say no, to believe in yourself that much, he deserves every bit of success he got. So, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were kind of, when they were trying the, the Goodwill hunting script, use that as their inspiration like look if we hold on you know it happened to him it could it could happen to us and i think 
him essentially being a real life Rocky story as well just just makes it all the more perfect. Definitely, yeah. Uh, now I want to watch it again. Uh, it hasn't been that long since I last watched <laughs> it, but your description there, and I'll accept that apology by the way. Um, but uh, I also and also when it comes to Adrian, yeah, you're right. She's uh, she has wonderful Talia Shire had wonderful material to work with in that first film but unfortunately Stallone the longer it went on he did kind of write her just as you know the uh, the stereotypical long suffer uh, you know long suffering partner and it just it, it, it her character got a little bit annoying but only because she was given annoying things to do mm. it was just like don't fight okay I'm okay with you fighting it's like well she mm. was more of a character than that in the first one and maybe even in in, in the second one too but yeah a love a, a wonderful love story and actually Stallone it's a pity he didn't write more love stories and that, you know, he kind of, you know, that his career took the route that it took because when it, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, people, two people wooing each other and that, you know, blossoming romance that we see between Rocky and, and Adrian at the beginning, the dialogue between them is so natural and it's so lovely. And it's, and it's just, and it's two shy people that don't really know what to say to one another, but Stallone, has them say all the right <laughs> things and and he just did that wonderfully so i'm kind of thinking oh, i should have written these more like you know light-hearted romantic dramas in his career i wonder what they would have looked like um but yeah it's just i think the problems then started when we got into the sequels i think rocky two, rocky 2 is a good sequel and it does continue on the story because you know there is that line at the end of the first rocky uh uh there ain't gonna be no rematch i don't want one mm-hmm. and you're thinking to yourself oh wait hold on the the but there, there, there is definitely unfinished business here. And if they wanted to, they could continue the story. Was Creed embarrassed after that fight? Where does Rocky and Adrian's relationship go now? You know, all the, the, all the eyes of the boxing world are on this, you know, underdog who brought the world champion to his knees in the final round. What, how does he deal with that? So there was a story to be told there. They did it successfully. Just the worst thing that could have happened then was Rocky Tree. <laughs> I disagree. I think Rocky Three is absolutely fantastic. And just to go back, Creed as well is, is a very like Creed isn't a bad guy in the four or the second film. Actually, in any of the no. films, he's not really a bad guy. Like he's just someone who's like, oh, I need this. I'm going to give this guy an opportunity. He's just somewhat a bit arrogant in this. Yeah. And I I think Three is underrated from the start. It's a great story about hubris and you know the the arrogance. We talk about Talia Shire. Like Talia Shire is pretty much confined to a hospital bed for most of two. She's fairly moany in four and five. I think three is arguably one of her best moments in it. That moment on the beach where he's running with Apollo and he stops and just goes off in the distance. And she has that that the, the, the chat with him where she's saying, well, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, we're going to lose all the stuff and I have all the kids. It didn't matter if all this. And she's like, if you can't live with yourself, it doesn't matter if any of the stuff goes away. If you can't live with who you are, that's worse than any of that. And I thought that like that's a great speech that she gives to him. Like, And it's... The one that kind of the catalyst for the eye of the tiger and all that. And I think that's her last great moment in the series, unfortunately. But I just think it is the tipping point where we're kind of going into cartoon territory. You have the, you know, the, the Hulk Hogan thunder lip scene. You've Clubber Lang as this, you know, ferocious cartoon villain played by Mr. T who looks like a, a cartoon in real life as well. But I just think that the story standpoint, you see it and, and Mickey sees it every step of the way. You know, you you can't beat this guy. You know, you, you've gone soft. You, you know, you see it with champions kind of picking and choosing who they want to fight and then there's the, the the famous Marvin Hagler quote you know it's hard to get running at 6am when you're sleeping in silk sheets and I think that's that's a great embodiment of that and I, I won't have any Rocky 3 slander on my show 
yeah, no, there are some wonderful moments in Rocky Three. Uh, you know, the 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 stuff of between Rocky and Mickey, and that the, and that this is the last time we, you know we, we see Mickey. The fact that you know he kind of he essentially lies to him. You know, wh- while he's lying there dying, he says that you know that they beat Clubber Lang, and of course the training didn't go according to plan. And and uh, sorry, Andy, we'll start that again. Just yeah. close to that for downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, there are some wonderful moments in Rocky Three. I loved uh, what we saw between Rocky and Mickey and the fact that this is the last that we see of Mickey and the fact that Rocky as well lies to him. One of the final things that he says to Mickey when he's dying, you know, in the in, in, in the dressing room after the Club of Lang fight, he says to him that, you know, that they won the fight. And Mickey's like, you know, I knew that you had it in you. And you're thinking, what a devastating, you know, final exchange between them that Rocky lies to him just to make him feel better. Um, but we knew that that was going to happen because, you know, he, we start to see that, you know, he's uh, uh, he, he's he's not he's not prepared for the fight and that he's going to need to mix things up. And I as I said, as I said, that you know rivalry turned friendship that we then start to see between Rocky and Creed. That is what I love about that film. That entire. Uh, uh, did, did you know? Did this? Did it did help the, the the saga to kind of you know move into new directions later on? I just found that there are times in this film, and we should watch it together at some stage so I can point it out to you. You can see Stallone somewhat forget how to play Rocky a little bit. The first time that we see him, and I know that that's a point that the film is trying to make, that he has forgotten who he is and that he's become something that, you know, not even Mickey recognizes anymore. But I just felt as though Stallone, too, even when he makes his way back, forgot how to play Rocky. It's almost as though he, you know, the mannerisms slip, the personality traits that we loved from the first time around, even towards the end of the film when he's supposed to be, you know, Rocky again. It's not the same. And I just felt as though something went wrong a little bit and it all started to get a little too flashy and it started to, you know, kind of, as I said, try to keep up with the times, try to kind of, you know, do what other films are doing, other shows, even music videos are doing in terms of how they're edited. Uh, It just, it just, it's a little bit messy and it doesn't quite retain the same magic and charm and spirit as those first two. I disagree. And I think the Mickey scene kind of embodies, like he is, you know, part of the film is that he's become this, you know, arrogant prick essentially. And he's going down. And I think the fact that, you know, in that moment with Mickey, he, he shows that kind of old school thing that we see from the force where he has the kind of the, the, the delicacy in him to lie to him. He doesn't, you know, he's not harsh with it. And you can see like how much that affects him. And it's the kind of the contrast from the force film where he, he has the moment where he's standing in the, the, the ring with the promoter and the, the poster he points out is different. The promoter kind of essentially says, well, does it doesn't matter. And he goes back to Adrian. He, it kind of all dawns and he goes, I'm not going to beat this guy. I'm going in there to get absolutely butchered like and I think having that side of it then, like to, to this is the first time since then where he's walking and going, I don't have a chance to do that. You know, the whole the eye of the tiger is a bit too on the nose as, as a music cue for that. <laughs> but I think that's where it is. And I think that's a good progression for that character to be this, you know, hopeless bum essentially who got this one shot at a lifetime, realizes he could that could all go away in a heartbeat, and then still having, you know, to, to go back to where he was in the first film, you know, to get the, the eye of the tiger, to go in to a fight that he, you know, he doesn't necessarily think he can win, but still go in to do it. I, I like that aspect, and I think that makes it probably every bit as good of a film for me thematically as as the first one. Oh, oh absolutely not. No, I would actually, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably place Creed two and Creed, and even Creed three, which I know we've had some reservations about above Rocky three, because again, good moments, but as a whole, it's a little bit too fractious. It's a little bit too uh, 
again, it's just this this idea that you have you have the band back together, but the instruments are a little out of tune. Um, whereas Creed two and Creed three, Creed two just kind of continued like the first uh, Creed. It's it, like the first Rocky film and that you know bridge between Rocky one and Rocky two, where there is a story to tell. And all you have to do is tell it well. And that's exactly what Creed 2 did. Um, I put those over Rocky 3 and Rocky 4, but and I know I'm probably setting myself up here, but you loved Rocky 4 as well. We'll get into Rocky 4 now. Now, Rocky 4, I will acknowledge, from a filmmaking standpoint, is nowhere on the level of, of Rocky, <laughs> of the original. <laughs> from an entertainment standpoint, like I think there are better films than Rocky. I don't think there is a more entertaining film than Rocky Four. At all. At all. It is also <laughs> it is one of the best cinematic experiences I have ever had. The Lighthouse showed it a couple of years ago. They were serving drinks called Rocky Balcolas, which didn't help either. Oh jeez. Right, okay. But the film is literally the fight at the start, two montages, and a fight at the end. And everyone in the audience was treating it like this was a real fight. And it was absolutely like the film whizzes by in a heartbeat. Like it felt like it started and it ended. It just didn't let up. It's it's a roller coaster sugar rush of a film. Again, a world away from where we started. And it's the peak kind of cartoon version of the Rocky series. But I absolutely love it. And if you were to say to me, okay, there's the nine Rocky films. We're watching one of them now. No matter what the crowd is like, People are going to enjoy Rocky Four. I don't know if everyone will enjoy Rocky One and Two. I guarantee everyone in this room will enjoy Rocky Four. Oh, it is. It's undeniably entertaining. It's not boring, and it's over in a flash too. It barely hits the ninety-minute mark. And again, some amazing stuff in there. I will never forget the moment where you know you do see Creed go down, and he's not getting up. Um, I mean, I actually I first saw the Rocky films when I was a kid. I don't know how old I was. I know I was still in single digits, but I know that. Over five weeks, the BBC was going to be, and they made a big deal out of it at the time. It's like, you know, this is not available anywhere to stream. I don't know if everyone has this on video, but we're going to show the next, or over the next five weeks, Saturday nights, we're going to show all five Rocky films. And so I remember saying to my dad that I, uh, you know, what what is Rocky? What's this about? Sit, sat down to watch the first one and then, you know, spent the next four weeks giddy from, you know, uh, Sunday to Friday, you know, just when, 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 when can we watch Rocky? And I loved each of those screenings. And, you know, I was so into and that that's what that's where my love for the saga began. But I think when we got to four and, you know, we'll get we'll, we'll talk about five in a minute. There, there was a little part of me, even though I was young, I was still annoying, Andy. And there was a, there was a little part of me that was kind of sitting there going, this is not the same. Oh. I don't I don't I can't understand. Now, I just couldn't comprehend what exactly I meant by that at the time. But I just remember thinking, yeah, this it's fun, but there is something those earlier entries just hit me in a way that four didn't so good things are you know that that whole that that whole beginning with creed that just that that surprised the hell out of me and that upset me uh you know the the character of drago is quite powerful you know and the fact that he is it's almost like he's a robot at the beginning and then he just starts to develop a conscience and he starts to develop feelings but nobody cares about those feelings and i'm glad that creed 2 gave that character a chance to explore that you know all those decades later but everything is just it's just a music video i mean andy it literally turns into a music video at one stage I still have those songs on my my gym playlist. I hearts on fire, no easy way out. Or, hearts on fire. That's what uh, I was trying to think of. There's no shortcut. Oh, fantastic. I just just the drive. What was that about? Just he, I, I I gotta go clear my head. And he just he takes one little drive and then comes back and is like, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm moving to the mountains. I'm going to Russia. <laughs> and even though the, the training montage is brilliant. You know, he's got beard. He's got no beard. 
and, and like you said, Dolph Lundgren is brilliant in this. And my favorite he, behind he the scenes story of all time is Stallone said, I want the, the fight scene to look a bit more realistic. So I want us to start really throwing punches at each other. And Dolph Lundgren, who is, I believe, a four-time world kickboxing champion, said, are you sure this is a good idea? And he's like, yeah, 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 no, perfect. Dolph Lundgren punched him once in the chest. Stallone had to spend four days in hospital and to this day still has an irregular heartbeat. So don't piss off Dolph Lundgren seems to be the, the theme of the story here. I did not know that. Wow. Okay. Um, Dolph Lundgren gonna... always has, has a degree in chemical engineering. So I, I didn't I didn't know that either. Um, I'm going <laughs> to try. It was, sorry. So did they capture that punch on screen? No, he literally it? dropped. There's a, there was a behind the scenes. I think Stallone posted on his Instagram a couple of years ago around the time he was at the recut. Okay. He's like, here's the thing. And it's literally... Dolph, it doesn't even look like it looks like a fairly innocuous punch, and Stallone just drops, and then everyone just rushes the ring. And Lundgren's kind of looking around, going, Oh shit, I've just killed my career here. He's just gonna stand over and go, If he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking of, of just more, just a kind of behind the scenes story, Dolph Lundgren off the back of this was cast as He Man in Masters yeah. of the Universe, again, a film I absolutely adore. But Stallone went to visit the set and is looking around, and is like, Oh, we've actually we've cast an old pal of yours as He Man. And Stallone just incredulously looks at the director and goes, oh, no, you gave him lines. And he's like, why? Oh, you shouldn't have given him lines. And anyone who's seen, you know, any of Dolph Lundgren's acting over that, the course of that time, yeah, he shouldn't be given lines. Yeah, I think he, the, the reason he works so well as a memorable, I say, you know, villain in inverted commas, it's just it's just, because he's, he's not really the villain. He's kind of just doing what, you know, he A, wanted to do and B, what he's been told to do. But the reason he works so well is because it's all in the eyes. And when he speaks... It's it has to be crisp. It has to be short because the longer it goes on, you realize this guy needs acting lessons. But he is quite effective in it. You know, I don't hate Rocky Four. I just think, God, this probably should have ended a couple of years ago. Stallone, but just the job. Like, I th- I think Longworth's fantastic in in Creed too. I thought he yeah should have should have got the kind of the the token nomination for that one there. And I I absolutely love about Creed. Well, jump back to it now but i love in creed 2 it has the kind of the juxtaposition of rocky didn't throw in the towel to stay of his friend and then you have drago who's this supposedly you know unstoppable heartless monster throws in the towel and you know all that phase i'm a father now and he throws the towel in to save his son and, and i love the, the kind of the, the contrast the two moments there that you know he had the courage to step up and do what rocky didn't and he's you know supposed to be the the, the, quote unquote, the villain of the piece i really liked that aspect of Creed too. I thought that was done really, really well. Yeah, it was lovely. And then uh, I just, straight after, I mean, it's been so long since I, since I watched Creed two. It's been five years. Um, but uh, we then to 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 have that and then move into you know Donny uh, visiting his father's grave and introducing him to to yeah to to Amara and then to have Rocky patch things up with the son. Even though I always thought like, wait, didn't they patch things up before? Wasn't everything all right? All, all of that was quite lovely and it served it served the story very well. I just I would love to know what you know Dolph Lundgren was you know which which acting coach you know he went to and what exactly he did to become a better performer because it worked. And you're right. I think I I think I thought that after that film came out, we were going to see him back you know, some some terrific roles. And maybe he has been, you know, working well as a supporting actor in films that we just haven't covered. Um, but I thought that was going to be the start of something new for him. Did you think that? I did. I thought this was going to be his, own, his, his you know, Mickey Rourke comeback that he'd eventually run off the ground. He, he never even got that. I mean, I, to be honest, you haven't missed anything. I've been looking around, you know, for, for the Dolph. I'm a huge Dolph Lundgren fan. Looking around for the Dolph. <laughs> I look at, you know, got to get the, hit the Dolph. And no, he's, he's just 
really got nothing off the back of that. There was the the Drago spin-off that was announced that apparently Stallone knew nothing about and they had the, the falling out. I think that's been resolved between the two of them now because Dolph Lundgren was essentially told Stallone's on as a producer. He wasn't. And the first he heard it was, you know, Dolph Lundgren posting on Instagram, like, oh yeah, the Drago spin-off, the boys are back. And Stallone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I, I didn't okay this. And that's kind of been the catalyst that, you know, that ended up with him not being in Creed 3. Was that the uh, uh, was there was the, was that around the time of the Instagram post with Rocky having you know the vampire bite thing? What, what do you remember that there was some sort of thing about like Stallone put, uh, going? Oh uh, yeah, the the, the producer Rocky didn't have a vampire, but we're taking this series in a completely different direction. He called the producer and his son uh, scum sucking vampires. Just yeah, but there was oh, that, but anyone who just like listens to that little tip now will think that the series goes off in the supernatural. That's territory. what I was thinking. I was like, Rocky is a vampire. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like what, what was that Simpsons clip where Bart is trying to uh, in Simpsons where Bart is trying to figure out the Roman numerals and he gets to like Rocky Seven Adrian's Revenge. I remember seeing that as a kid and asking my dad, "Is that a Rocky film that we missed?" And he's like, oh, "No, no, it is not." That episode's not that old. You would have been about fifteen. <laughs> Oh, wait, we're going to definitely have to look. I'm definitely going to look that up. Uh, but no, yeah, no, the Rocky uh, saga has gone to some very uh, uh, peculiar uh, places, but uh, no, Supernatural uh, Territory is not one of them. Yeah. Uh, another particular place it went to was that we had a Rocky Five, which is a Rocky film without a boxing match, curiously enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like a broken record at this stage, but the idea that this champ might have to retire because his body is failing on him, that's devastating. And I think if you had John, uh, if you had John Alberton's direction 15 years prior, and if you had had, uh, you know, uh, Stallone's uh, humility and, you know, kind of that, that, that underdog spirit going into this and not, you know, Stallone, the movie star, who's basically just doing this as kind of one final lap. Things might have been different. There is an interesting film to be made there about a boxer who, you know, loses his fortune, although it's not him that loses it. Why he still wanted Polly yeah. around after that? Oh, my God. Paul, I, but there just, is that thing, like, you, you do have it, like, how many you know, the friends or family were kind of like, oh, yeah, he's family. I can't really get rid of it. Go back to train spotting again. That thing with Begbie where they're talking about he's a psycho. And he goes, yeah, but he's a mate. But what can you do? Like, Polly just it seems to be that guy. He's like, yeah, he's a complete fuck up. But you know, he's family. I can't really do anything here. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. I, he always used to annoy me as well because he, he's just full of all of these kind of non sequiturs and illogical kind of stances on everything. And I'm just like, does anybody understand? What Paulie's saying half the time, or or, or yeah, they go back to the neighborhood and he's like, "Oh, all these bombs sitting around here." It's like you were working in a meat factory until he pulled you out of here. So don't start acting like you, you know, you, you came down from the manor. I think Rocky Five is almost like this sketchy blueprint for what we see in Creed, where they tried to rush the idea of Rocky becoming a mentor. And we weren't ready to see Rocky as a mentor. And maybe we weren't even ready to see him kind of retire yet. There's something else that could have been done. But there are all of these fabulous ideas, but they just don't come together coherently. And they don't make sense either because, you know, Rocky left to fight in Russia against Drago on Christmas Day. And his son was, what, like five or six or something? And then he comes home and his son's a teenager. So that was a bad start. I mean, I know he wanted to get, Stallone wanted to have, you know, his real life son as that character in that film. But it was just, it was a little bit jarring. Um, And all of it is just a little bit too rushed. Because again, I'm not sure if we're clocking in around the 90 minute mark. There's just not enough space to have Rocky go from hero to zero to you know mentor to being you 
know, uh, uh, fecked over by, 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 by Tommy, who just wants to chase after this Don King figure back to hero again, after a rumble in the streets, that that's too much for the runtime that we have. And also how sad must it have been at the time? I'm glad that I saw these films later on and that we eventually got Rocky Balboa. You do not end a, you know, a saga as successful, a boxing saga as successful as Rocky with a street fight. You don't do that. It could and have been worse. That... He actually originally was supposed to die in that street fight at the end as soon as it was forward. Yes. Didn't uh, they shoot it? Like, like a brain embolism that. and he collapses. I, I'm, I, I would love Stallone to... I'm, I'm pretty sure that they shot that. And he is, that he's they... re-editing it at the moment. So yeah, I, I doubt he'll put that in, but maybe we might see... Uh, like we did with the, the Drago punch, we might see the, the clip of that film. I don't, I, haven't actually, I don't think I've actually seen that. Yeah, no, I just... It, it would be... It, it, well, we wouldn't be here talking about the, the, the films. Maybe someone could have you know, made a, a Creed film at some stage, but we wouldn't have had Rocky Balboa. So you can understand why... Stallone was a little bit hurt for a few years, you know, like that. Well, not a little bit hurt, like it was his own doing, but that he kind of felt as though we have unfinished business here. That you know, I shouldn't have rushed things there. I shouldn't have ended it with a street fight. I shouldn't have been trying to keep up with the times. Rocky Balboa, though, that surprised the hell out of me. Just to finish up on Rocky Fight, I do think there's a good film in there. You have the kind of the Don King caricature, you know. Tommy Morrison is essentially a Mike Tyson surrogate here who's, you know, led astray by this promoter world, the talk of riches and a woman who apparently has just promised him with an apartment. Again, it's 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 a fight and about, you know, maybe two or three drafts away from being not a bad film. But yeah, on to Rocky Balboa. I, I absolutely adore this film. This will be very high in my ranking list. No spoiler there. It has the speech in it that, you know, you see if you go to any gym in Dublin or the UK, you know, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It, He was absolutely robbed of the Oscar. Now, I love Mark Rylance, Bridge of Spies. I think it's a great film. Stallone should have got this Oscar. Rocky Balboa is it's a bit of a sensation and it has no business being as good as it is. Um, but he took his time with it. Uh, you know, he, uh, it's, he, well, I say he took his time with it, but what's, is it about a 15 year gap between Rocky yeah, it was a nine, and Rocky 94, Balboa? 95 was Rocky and then it was 2007, I think it was Rocky Balboa. Okay. So 13 year gap. Yeah. Um, and he, you could tell that he really, he did something that you don't see. And this is what I meant between Rocky three and Rocky five. It's almost like he went back and studied the character and said, no, this is how he moves. And this is how he talks. And this is, you know, these are the kind of things that he says. And he remembers how to be Rocky again, not Rocky from three to five, but the original Rocky. Um, I think there's an awful lot of heart in there. It's not outside the realms of possibility that a 59 year old or a 60 year old fighter will come back. We saw it with George Foreman. There have been numerous cases of, you know, professional fighters, uh, kind of kickstarting the career and just being involved in kind of local stuff and also like exhibition matches. So that wasn't, yes, the, the whole computer simulation thing is a little bit silly, but it gets us where we need to go. Um, and also the, uh, the, 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 the stuff between Rocky and the son, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, playing, playing his son in this, in, in, in this film, that's brilliant casting. Because even watching uh, Milo Ventimiglia later on in his career, I'm actually a big fan of This Is Us, which I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but Love he, it. Absolutely love it. I've only, love, I've oh, literally, literally just, only started it. It is wonderful. And you are watching Milo Ventimiglia in this series and thinking, he looks like Stallone. 
and he 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 kind of you know talks like him as well and he kind of moves like him and i just thought that was that was brilliant casting and the both of them work so well together uh yeah and even the stuff between paul and it, just the, the stuff that he comes out with paul remember that thing where he's like i've still got some unfinished bit of business i've still got some stuff left in the basement that is such a rocky thing to say and that is what I mean about Stallone remembering the kind of things that his character took him out with. And the boxing sequences too were pretty were pretty slick. So yeah, I loved this film. A cracking nickname as well uh, for the, the fighter playboy, real life fighter Mason, Antonio Tarver. Mason the Lion Dixon. Ah, oh, it's a cracking nickname. Yeah, it is, yeah. And again, another film where Rocky loses. So it's, uh, there you go. There's a record for you now, Chris. See if you can see how many films does Rocky actually win in without losing? No, it's two because he doesn't fight at the beginning of Rocky Four. So what what films did he not lose in? Wait, so he doesn't he doesn't lose in Rocky Two and he doesn't yep. lose in Rocky Four. Correct. Right, there we go. His his, his record is absolutely horrendous. Like <laughs> fifty seven wins, twenty three <laughs> losses, and one draw. I don't think the draw should be on the record. The draw was an exhibition match with Thunderlips. This is like the kind of the Floyd Mayweather tour. I don't think that should be on the record. You know, getting. I think technically as well, he was on his way to losing that fight with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he got but it wasn't really established what the rules were for that. Like he wasn't pinned. Is it Royal Rumble rules? Because he was launched into the the, <laughs> the third row. So yeah, but Rocky Balboa, I, I absolutely love it, and it's just I. It's such a tragic character in a way because Adrian was his purpose once, you know, outside of the box. And that, that was the thing that drove him. And when she's gone, just this kind of lost old man, essentially. Mm. And, and I, I really do. I think it's an absolutely fantastic film. I think it's something that gets very overlooked as well, especially with, with the Creed films getting the recognition they deserve. I, I just think Rocky Balboa is one that you kind of need to sit back and go, look, look this is far better than anyone, you know, had any right to be in this. And I think... I think him not getting that Oscar really hurt him. I think we would have seen a lot more. It's the same when Copland came out and he kind of poured himself into into that, like his, his serious role, and that didn't do well. I think he was a bit hurt by this, and this is how we ended up with shite like The Expendables and Rocky, or sorry, Rambo films that were just absolutely ghastly. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can take comfort. I think he, he knows as well that that was a lovely way to finish his story, because it is. You know, the character had, you know, uh, reclaimed his dignity. Uh, there was an awful lot of charm to it. It was quite sweet. Uh, the relationship that he had with little Maria as well, I thought that was I thought that was very well done because, you know, there was a danger there that, you know, you could have kind of uh, slipped into, oh, here's a new romantic interest mm-hmm. from Rocky. And it's slightly suggested at one stage, but it's just, no, it's mm-hmm. just a lovely friendship because he is by himself here. And in kind of stepping back into the ring, he, he isn't just kind of trying to win back boxing he's trying to win back his family you know you can tell mm. that he he likes being around Polly, despite the fact that it wrecks his head you know he wants his son back he wants he just likes telling stories mm. he's a little bit like who's the fighter that keeps showing up in the kitchen at adrian's restaurant and he just wants to be around people and he just wants that's to spider be... rico the that's first yes. the first yeah. person he fights in the, Rocky in, the series. in the opening scene yeah mm. yeah it's just it's it's the same they just want to be surrounded by their family they just want to kind of you know talk about uh the old days uh i liked all of that and yeah i just thought i if, if that had been the end of it perfect and again kind of a nice contrast with the or sorry comparison with the first film where like it, you hear the the scores being announced in the back it's kind of like an afterthought like rocky is leaving the ring before the scores are even announced like, I, I don't give a toss who won or lost here I, I got what i wanted out of this yeah yeah that was sensational actually i would love to have seen a little bit more of, of that in the creed films because i don't want to spoil creed 3 but let's just say that it goes exactly as you think it's going to go yeah well spo- and, we've been spoiling creed 3 so spoil away but it, 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 it he he does put manners on Dame. Let's put it that way. And there, that 
that idea that the, in the first Rocky film that you were following this champ all the way to his title shot and he doesn't win. Love that. How often do we see that now? That, you know, the hero did not win in the end. And then in the final Rocky film, to walk away before they've even announced mm. the, the... Love that idea. Mm. And that's something that's missing a little bit in Creed, where the win is so important that it's kind of lost sight a little bit of this whole, you know, it's not about winning. It's not about how hard you can hit. It's about kind of what you've kind of won in yourself. All that. I'm starting to sound like the character now. It's kind of lost that a little bit. I think they, again, I could be giving them far too much credit here. I think Creed, Apollo Creed, the belt meant everything to him. That's yeah. that's what he wants. And then even when they have, you know, when he trains him in three, he's like, I, I need to beat you to know I was the best. I, that's what drives him. I'm, you know, I'm Muhammad Ali. I'm Floyd May. I'm, you know, it was kind of loosely based on a, on Muhammad Ali. But, you know, I need to have the belt. The belt is my identity, being the best in the world. Whereas Rocky, it was never about that for him. Rocky kind of have, was fighting himself, essentially. And there is always, you know, those moments where he's like pointing at the mirror and he's like, look there, that's the toughest opponent you'll ever have. And I think that's the, the the contrast. Creed was about, you know, the bravado and the achievement, which eventually cost him his life. Whereas Rocky was about fighting his own personal demons. And he, he was comfortable with himself, even if he lost the fight itself, once he was happy with how he performed. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was never about the the, the belt. It was never about the fame, the fortune. Um, you know, the, the thing that he loves... Uh, most in that first film uh the person he loves most is adrian i remember watching something years ago some sort of analysis with stallone where he was talking about this and the idea as well that even when he was fighting in that ring he was you know thinking about adrian the whole time and that when adrian runs down to him you know apollo cares at the end about people booing and he cares about Mm -hmm. his reputation straight away that this did not go according to plan how is this going to hurt the creed brand what's what rocky cares about is what happens to Adrian's hat because he yeah. steps off the ring. <laughs> he says, wait, what happened to your hat? And she's like, I love you. He's like, I love you too. And I just thought that is the sweetest thing ever that she was on his mind, that he remembered that she was dressed up, that she wore that new hat. That is the loveliest exchange. And it just shows you in two seconds what that character is about. And I love that because it's so fresh in my mind from watching last night. Like as he's leaving the dressing room to go to the fight, he turns around and goes, Oh, don't don't go leaving town or anything. Yeah. And just he's just an absolute goofball. And there is, I think, that moment where she he's on the ground, he runs and he sees her. Like if that was the kind of you know, if that was Rocky three or four, it'd be you know, we had the thing where the, the ghost of Mickey comes back to the cell and get up, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I like that. It's literally just a look between them. Where she like she couldn't even watch the fight. She was in the dressing room the entire time, and she walks out, and he's kind of at his lowest point at the fight. And there's just that like it's not like oh get up, you can do it. It's just just a look, and it's like go on, go on, keep going. Yeah. And and it's just really like a subtle moment in a Rocky series, which is not something you'd say too often. It is, yeah, yeah. And we've kind of lost that subtlety a little bit. Um, I think the the Creed series tries to take it back a little bit when you have uh, when you have Bianca just kind of you know sitting there quietly and saying come on D or the, or those little things where um, you remember in the first one when he's all uh, primed and ready and he's got the gloves on for, for, for his first uh, for his first real um, fight and he turns to Rocky and says take the gloves off I, I gotta take a shit and there was that there was that nice little moment in the second one where doesn't she sign She's, to him yeah did you, did you, did you 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 yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it, it has tried to kind of build a sort of uh, Rocky, the Creed films, that is, a, a, a Rocky and Adrian uh, sort of rapport and relationship around uh, around Donnie and Bianca. It's not quite as natural, uh, but it is quite lovely, and it's nice to see that continuing in the way. Tried to I, I related that. I literally, my first fight I had, we're out in City West, and you get the cars like the 10-minute warning just before you go out. And I swear to God, I think I was about three weight classes down by the time I got to the ring. I was like, okay, I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the adrenaline and the nerves kick in, and it is a, a horrible, horrible feeling. Speaking of Creed, Creed, the first one, is the highest ranked of the series on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, like you said, something that wasn't, you know, crying out for a you know, Son of Creed spinoff. Really, it, it goes to show, like, just get good people in front and behind the camera and let them do their thing. Yep, get good people in front of behind the camera, get an independent storyteller who, uh, you know, has this fresh take on it and is willing to spend a lot of time developing it and also wants to hire the right performers. I mean, like Michael B. Jordan had worked with him before and he thought he saw something in him where he thought this guy can play the son of, you know, a heavyweight champion, you know, and he's kind of carrying all that baggage around uh, with him that, you know, he wants to be like his dad, but he also kind of, you know, uh, struggles with who his dad is in a way. Uh, it's a cracking little drama that's kind of you know all dressed up as the, as as this boxing picture. And I don't know what the prep was like on this or what sort of workshopping they did. Um, how involved Stallone might have been with the story, but whatever conversations Ryan Coogler and the team were having with Stallone, it worked because they. they it's almost as though they said, "We need you to pretend that you're playing Rocky for the first time here." And to, you know, just like approach this character like you've never approached him before and, and, and give us something fresh. And just the, the material that he had to work with, uh, the, the, the rapport between uh, Donnie and, and, and Rocky um, following, you know, Donnie from, you know, this idea that, you know, he had kind of his, wasn't he an accountant? I think he was an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. And just like kind of leaving behind this very cushy career. Now, he never... If he wanted to, he could have always. It was all. There was always going to be a fortune there for him, and there was always going to be a roof over his head. But he kind of does risk, you know, everything in, in himself, I suppose, to be to, to to follow in his father's footsteps, almost because he, because he wants to be a fighter, but also because he kind of believes that he has to banish these demons in a way. I've kind of gone off on one, but basically there was an awful lot in there, and it worked. You know, there was just there was a terrific story, terrific performances. I mentioned the fight sequences earlier. Kugler trying to mix things up a little bit. It surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, and again, a great montage in that as well. Like, oh, great. Running through the streets with the, the, the RVs, chase them, or the, what's called the SRVs? The, the quad bikes, chase yeah. them through the streets. Really, really love that. And I, I just think he's, it was, this was the film where it was like, okay, Michael B. Jordan for Superman, for Bond, for Batman, for everything after this. I thought he was absolutely, like, this was, you know, a star is born, essentially. Oh, absolutely. Also, to have Rocky then, um, almost succumb to an illness in, in, in the in the first Creed mm. film. Completely forgot about that. Um, wasn't expecting that, and that just pulled on my heartstrings in a way that was uh devastating to watch. Um, and yeah, to have him nominated, to have Stallone nominated for an Oscar, and then to lose it to uh, Mark Rylands for for Bridges Spies. Mark Rylands is terrific in Bridges Spies, and I do love him as a performer. But that is the best that we've ever seen as Stallone. And how often do we say that? This is a character that he's playing for the seventh time and he waits until the seventh time to deliver the sort of magic. It's the most rocky thing ever, though, isn't it? To like finally be nominated and then lose. (laughs) (laughs) It really is, yeah. And I mean, look, there's... uh, I think at the time, you had family members of Stallone 
given out about Mark Rylance at the Oscars. I think it was that there was some sort of comment made that, you know, could, could, uh, what was it? Cause you, you know, your man, Mark Rylance not have combed his hair and when he was accepting the award and how come he got this over this? It's just like, look, this has been a resounding success for everyone involved. You're seven pictures in, you just gave the greatest performance of your career. You won the golden globe. You were nominated for everything. You shouldn't be here with this story still. And it shouldn't be this good still. So let's just call that a success. I really thought you were going to go with the, the British bias quote and just go, would it help? <laughs> no, because that's it. that shows how much I've remembered about. Or that shows how much I've forgotten about British bias and how much you've remembered. I actually, I really, British bias is like, for me, probably the last good Tom Hanks film. What came after was I can't remember if Captain Phillips was before or after, but yeah, I, I love The last British good Boys. Tom Hanks film. Weren't you raving about a man called Otto? Sorry, before before a man called that. Okay, I beg your pardon. Absolutely, love it. The, probably the last good Spielberg film as well. Oh, get off it! The last good Spielberg film. So we're just going to completely ignore the post, and we're also going to completely ignore the beauty that is the Fablemans. The post I was forgetting as I was watching it, and it, every time I look at it, and go, <gasps> "Oh, you mean you mean the paper, the Michael Keaton film?" Like, no, no, the post. Like, eh. If if you could play me the post right now, and I would not remember a frame of it. Okay, Fablemans is grand. Fabermans is not grand. Fabermans is something special. This is going to turn into something else. Now. Yeah, this, this yeah. is going to turn into a Creed, Creed versus Rocky sort of. Uh, Let's go into Creed two before we, yep. we we have a, we have our own other show down here. Uh, Creed two, a film I wasn't mad on the first time I watched it, but has gotten better the the you know the the few times I've watched it since. And I know we talked about Dolph Lundgren in the pro, and I love that the kind of the, the emotional gut punch at the end, and there's that nice moment where they're they're jogging together. Yeah. It just feels like there's about 20 minutes of this we can lose. There's, there's too much kind of, you know, the the, the, the Donnie and, the, and Tessa Thompson's uh, character. It just feels like there's a bit too much moaning. She gets kind of straddled with the, the Adrian character here, whereas in the first film she was, you know, very much as equal. And I think in Creed 3 as well, she's, she's as equal as well. I think this is the where she's the, the most weakest written in, in this part of it. Yeah, it has its flaws, but it's very entertaining. And again, carrying forward that relationship between... Um between Rocky and Donnie, uh, which still worked very well, just because those two performers have have great chemistry. Um, I loved it. A film where you bring back the son of the guy who killed the protagonist's dad 30 years ago shouldn't work. <laughs> it, should, it should be too cheesy. It should be a little too forced. And, you know, there's no way that it's, it's not going to be anything other than grand. It's better than grand. Um, you know, it's almost as accomplished as that first film. It doesn't quite retain the same sort of charm, I suppose, but it gets it gets very close, a lot closer than Creed Tree does, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, like, it, could, it probably could lose a bit from its running time, but I'm not really sure where you'd cut from. And I wouldn't really cut anything towards the end because you're right, it is quite exceptional to watch Dolph Lundgren's character, you know, finally realize that being a father is more important and that, you know, this whole thing that, you know, doesn't he spend half the film telling his son, this is why she left us because you were so weak and because I was weak or whatever. And then to throw in the towel like that and to, to, you know, then join his son in the training. I thought that was quite lovely. I loved all of the stuff about Donnie becoming a dad. I thought even that marriage proposal was just brilliantly (laughs) done, brilliantly done because you have, Rocky outside the door recalling one of the best scenes from Rocky 2. 
you have then you know Jordan's you have Donnie just basically losing it and 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 forgetting that Bianca might not have her her hearing aid in and then just this revelation later too that they that they might have you know uh they might they might be about to begin a family and you know Donnie's mom realizing it before they do it's that that is all brilliantly done the drama again in this film is excellent i don't even know if you if you'd be able to lose minutes or if you'd be able to lose time from from the end because as i said uh the two of them running together uh rocky revisiting his son and and donnie bringing him out to the graveside perfect so it is a very entertaining uh, uh rocky film for me i and i think we we kind of skipped over for creed 3 the daughter is fantastic in in that film i think she's she's absolutely brilliant the Creed two thing, I loved that. Um, was a drag Drago in the first fight gets disqualified for basically, you know, essentially going feral and beating the Christ out of Creed, and there was a bit of criticism just as the film came out. Oh, this is kind of a bit too unrealistic. I think it was the week it came out. Conor McGregor flew to Vegas to throw a dolly through a bus, and then ended up getting the fight with Khabib. So Stallone got a nice one. Well, it's kind of you know, is that any worse than you know throwing a few headbutts in the ring? So that yeah. helped them out nicely. Kind of life imitated art there for them. Ah, oh, no, there's a circus in real life when it comes to fighting. So sometimes you do watch the Creed films and go, well, or even the, uh, some of the Rocky films and go, well, you know what, this might not be kind of you know too far fetched. Although <laughs> could have done without them pulling along the airplane in Creed Three. Yeah, well, Tyson bit off somebody's ear and then got still fought on after that. So it's not too bad. Yeah, see. <laughs> It's just all one big circus. So that's the, the Rocky series. So we're going to go for the, the, the fight part here. The ranking of the movies. Okay. So I think we can both agree. We'll, we'll work backwards. We'll take Rocky 5. I think we, we agree. Number 9. Worst. Absolute worst. worst. Yes. Okay. What what gets number 8 for you then? Rocky 4. No. I, I, I mean, we're, we're going in reverse. So oh, yeah, yeah, worst, yeah, worst film. Yeah. yeah. Rocky 4. No. Yeah. I, there, I just I knew this is coming. You think Creed three is better than Rocky four? I do. I think as a story, as a, as a, as a whole, as in terms of the performances, I don't think you know. There's not there are no scenes in 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 Creed three where it tries to be a music video. Yeah, I, I'm for A for me is going to be Creed three. So seven on your list there. Wow. Okay, Rocky three. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you do this for a living. Just, we're just gonna brush past that comment. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rocky three again, just great bits, but just as a, as a, as a whole, it's a mess. I'm gonna go Rocky two. Ooh. Oh, what? Again, I think there's too much moan in the hospital for that. Rocky I, two I, deserves I... a higher place in that list, if only for the scene where Adrian wakes from a coma and says, "Come here, fight," and then Mickey says. What are we waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Again, that I love that film. And I, I'm looking at it going, yeah, I can't see anything else I could put below it. Okay, so we go with seven. Seven on the list. What was your viewers? Uh, I think we're going to go with Creed 3. I'll go yeah. Creed. I, I, after watching them recently, I think I prefer two to one now. So I'll put Creed 1 there now. That's just that's just an appalling decision. Um, I hope, the, you, uh, hope you can sleep with that. Um, okay. Number right, six. Uh, I think I'll put Creed 2, yeah. This is when we start to get in, you know, okay, so we're in the top five now, so things are starting to get serious. But Creed 2, uh, yeah, it's a fairly solid, no, it's better than a fairly solid, it's a it's a brilliant entry in the Rocky saga, and it is better than Creed 3, and I think it is better than those latter Rocky sequels. Uh, okay, I'm going to go uh, Creed 2 there. Creed 2, okay, so we're matching. Okay, right. I'm going to go Rocky 3 here now. Okay. You? 
Actually, I completely forgot that you hadn't uh, dispelled the Rocky Tree yet. Um, I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, interesting. Hmm. So we're in our, our top three now, are we? We're in our top three, yes. Yeah, it's it's easy to lose count. I mean, there's more yeah. you know Rockies than there are police academies. Okay, I'm gonna go for number three. Rocky Balboa for me is number three. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm gonna go Rocky two. Rocky two. So yeah. top two. Here we go. Number two for you. Creed. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> you, you just don't get rocky oh i forgot i just don't get rocky oh oh well hmm. uh you you i know what i know what your number two is my number two original flavor rocky original flavor rocky original rocky rocky one number two no, creed is my number two but now i know what your number one is you can't honestly be serious oh i am serious that's that this is this is not how this works Best film in the Rocky series, Rocky Four. That's it. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. Uh, well, again, as I said, it there's better films than Rocky. There's no better entertainment than Rocky Four. I absolutely I love the soundtrack. I love Drago. I love Stallone's montages. I love the the. It has a bit of heart in it. You know, you see Apollo getting killed. It's got the heart. It's got the montage. It's got the music. It's got the boxing. It's got a fairly decent story, as we saw Creed Two. Pulling from it heavily, which is fairly high up on your list, so you can't say the story's not great either. <laughs> I prefer the second half. Um, yeah, no, Rocky has to be top of that list. Yeah, I don't think. Look, we've spent the last forty-seven years watching people trying to better that first one. It's impossible. They've come extraordinarily close, but not close enough. Again, I would. This is where I kind of give myself a bit of a copy here. I would say Rocky is the best film on that list. But I'd say Rocky Four is the best Rocky film on that list. I don't know what to do with that, Andy. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense, and that's my combo. Chris Wasser, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You are 100% wrong in your choices there. Your list is all over the goddamn place, but it was a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for joining me to talk Rocky today. It's so lovely to be told I'm wrong by Andy again. Um, thanks, Andy. <laughs>